Well, everyone, welcome to this edition of Connected by Community, brought to you by Ballantyne Capital Advisors. Uh, I'm your host today, Cameron Cannon, uh, with my fellow co-host, Anthony Colincheco. Uh, and today we're pleased to have Austin Maxwell with us, who is one of the co-founders of Kanga Coolers. Thanks for coming on today. Sweet. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. So I, I know a little bit about you. We're kind of friends off the set, but uh, tell us a little about yourself, you know, personally, professionally. Um, I know you went to Clemson, kind of where you went from there. Yeah, so grew up in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, did a lot of water sports. My first uh, business and introduction to entrepreneurship was crabbing. If you guys are have ever done that, familiar on the coast, we like had a trot line, which is a thousand feet of string. We would tie a chicken neck to every three feet, drop it in the water, get up at four a.m. in the morning, go scoop up some crabs, and you'd actually be able to sell those door to door for like three to four hundred dollars for a bushel. My dad said, "Hey." We split the profits 50-50 after the gas is filled up in the boat. Kind of opened up my eyes to entrepreneurship. But no, I went to Clemson. I started in 2013. Didn't know what I wanted to do kind of professionally when it came to my major. So I was kind of good at math and science in high school, and I was kind of terrible at reading and writing. I think my SAT scores were super lopsided. So the natural fit was like, I'm going to try engineering. Got into engineering, absolutely hated it. Realized how much I hated it sophomore year, spring. So I'd done three semesters at Clemson. I go sit down with my advisor. I say, hey, I'd love to switch to business or marketing. And she was like, we can do that, but you're out of state, no scholarships. You're going to be here for seven years. And I was like, I guess I'm going to find a way to get through engineering. <laughs> so I stuck out engineering, did, did an extra semester. I did the four and a half year, which was great because you had an extra football season. And uh Graduated in 2017 with a degree in industrial engineering. Along the way, had a lot of different moments that sparked my interest in entrepreneurship, whether it was a beverage company like Beatbox Beverages or Kanga Coolers, which we started my senior year and a couple of the guys' junior year. Also had a lot of interest in travel planning. I organized large spring break groups on cruise ships and out of the country for some fellow students. But she always had a passion for people, communication, and not being behind a desk or studying engineering problems. And so kind of led to where we are today, living in Greenville. Uh, just celebrated our five-year anniversary of Kanga Coolers and having a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about Kanga Coolers. Sure. What is it? How to get started? Kanga Coolers is essentially our first product is the Casemate. And it is a koozie for an entire case of beer, soda, or seltzer. So the concept is just like a koozie for a can, but we created one for the entire cardboard case. So you grab a cold 12-pack out of the fridge, you slide it in our sleeve, you zip it up. When you open up the flap, you tear a hole in the cardboard, grab an ice cold beer, and no ice is needed for up to seven hours. And that's really this like wow concept for us because when we designed the product as part of a class project, we didn't even know if it was going to work. Fortunately, it did. And then people grew some interest in it. And we were like, hmm, maybe we can take this further than a class project because our teacher ended up giving us a C on that project. So <laughs> That's how it always starts. They don't see the vision. They don't, you know, and, and we have a great relationship with, with him now and there's no worries at all. We go back and do class talks and all that. But it's just funny to, to see that maybe the, the rubric wasn't followed the way it was supposed to, but out of everyone in our class, like we were the only ones who said, hey, this might be something. Let's start a Kickstarter campaign Let's see if we can't actually find some manufacturing solutions and see where it goes. And there's no better time to start a business than when you are in college because 
you know, obviously we have a little bit of bills, but generally speaking, you know, your, your, your parents and your loans are kind of saving you. So you're able to have that little bit of extra free time to, to dive into something like this. So sitting on a couch drinking beer and you just came up with an idea to, to make coolers? Exactly. I, I can't take credit for the uh, the idea. My my partner, Logan, it was it was crazy. It was at a tailgate and he saw someone take a beer out of a, a cooler and put it into a can insulator. And he's looking around and people either have these big coolers or they're just carrying the 12 pack. We call it a naked case of beer. And if you have a naked case of beer, after an hour, your beers are warm. The cardboard handle on it will break off most of the time. So you've either spilled all your beers or you're having to carry it like a baby. And he was like, why doesn't that same concept, the koozie for a can, exist for the whole case? And that's when it kind of hit him. That's when he ordered a 1,000 yards of scuba foam from Amazon, someplace <laughs> in Alabama, took the foam to a local seamstress in Clemson with a 24-pack of beer and said, hey, I don't have any money to like pay you for your services, but if you can wrap this foam around and cut and sew it to fit, I'll let you keep the case of beer. So they had that agreement. She kept the beer. She made prototype number one. I'm glad we still have it. It's disgusting. It's no longer white like the material that it originally started as, but uh, that, was, that was the first prototype phase. Well, that's awesome. So I know we want to jump into the business side a little bit later, but let's talk about the the manufacturing. I know kind of you gave us a little intro of, you know, you just kind of came up with it, bought it off Amazon and started wrapping it. So how did you go from, you know, a, a random seamstress in Clemson to, you know, selling thousands and thousands of these things? Uh, yeah. what, what was the process in between? That's That was the toughest part on the early stages. And supply chain is still now, obviously, with everything going on in the world. But initially, just finding a way to like, how do you make these? Because you want to be made in the U.S. That's that's a huge goal for a lot of people. We quickly realized how not feasible that was. The the material that we use, it's a neoprene. It's like a swimsuit, like a scuba suit. It is produced in Asia. That material is made in Asia. So we would have to be ordering that in tens of thousands of tons, pallets, whatever, to get it here. We did try with a, a cheaper foam uh, in Greenville, we had a little manufacturer that called Manx that makes scarves and handkerchiefs, and they uh, they we brought them some material, and they were able to cut us our first couple prototypes because the one that the seamstress could do, she, it was not scalable, right? She could do one at a time. She was just making her little, you know, her little and, business. And you were bartering with a case of beer every and time. We had to, yeah, <laughs> right. So what we had to do was start a Kickstarter campaign, which is a great way if you're a new business to crowdsource capital, because if we had no money, well, how are we going to get it? A Kickstarter is uh, a campaign where people are promising to give you money in exchange for a product or service that they know they won't receive for could be six months, could be a year. And so that that buys you that time to build out your manufacturing. And so uh, we were able to have a successful one, not as successful as we would have liked to. It did about $40,000 in two months. We took that capital and we were able to get in contact with a manufacturer overseas to really help us produce those units. Um, what was cool is we met the guy who knew that manufacturer from a pitch smackdown contest in Clemson. The entrepreneurship department does like a mini Shark Tank thing where you get up there, you're pitching to a panel of successful Greenville and upstate South Carolina business professionals, and you get 10 minutes and they give out some money. So we ended up taking first place in that in 2016. Uh, we got $8,000. That kind of helped us with lawyer fees and trademarks and patents and stuff like that. 
And then one of the guys who sat on the board, he had great contacts overseas. And he was like, are you guys making these? Do you need help making them? We were like, yes, we need it. Like, <laughs> that is our biggest challenge right now. So, so you mentioned Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. You guys were on Shark Tank. Could you tell us the process, what that was like? Absolutely. Yeah, Shark Tank was crazy. So it was kicks, It was class project to kickstart a campaign. You know, $40,000, that's not enough for anyone to quit their day jobs or go right into it out of college. One of our guys, Logan, he did. He moved directly into his parents' basement after after college and lived off of nothing, just lived off of parents' meals and whatever he could kind of scrape together. Myself and Ryan, our other two partners in the company, we went and took day jobs and we would moonlight the Kanga Coolers business. And so I do my nine to five, come home, maybe some gym, maybe a bite to eat and get right on to Kanga meetings and talking with manufacturers and trying to sell the coolers. Well, we realized we really needed something to spark business. It had always been a dream of ours to go on Shark Tank as a show that kind of helped me in college realize how much I hated engineering. I always thought it was so cool that people go up there and they make this deal and they, they had this idea and something that started from nothing could actually become something. So we, uh, we did a live audition in Atlanta. So I was living in Atlanta at the time. It was very convenient. It was at the Battery where the Braves play. And we drove out there. We got there at like 4 a.m. We stood in line. We were number 19 out of 500 people auditioning that day. And it's just an open casting call. So you're not actually pitching to the sharks there. You're pitching to the producers. And if they like you, you go to round two, three, four, five. And it was actually a 14-month process from when we auditioned to when our episode aired. So we tried out in February of 2018, and our episode aired in April of 2019. So the audition went well. We left there thinking, hey, this was great. I mean, we had a guy do a backflip. We were being goofballs. We were high energy wearing kangaroo suits. And then a couple months go by, producers call us. They ask us, like, hey, like, have any of you guys ever been arrested? Are you guys, like, in good standing with, like, the world and the government? We're like, yeah, we're, like, we're fairly clean. Like, all is good, you know? And uh, they say, okay, we need you to record another video. We went to Clemson, did, like, a, a more professional studio, kind of like this, video educating the product, telling the story. They're asking for sales numbers constantly. And at the time, we only had $40,000. I was like, I've never seen someone go on Shark Tank for $40,000. That can't be good. What worked out really well for us is in that process of still round two, three, and four, we were approached by Anheuser-Busch on Instagram, the Bud Light, and said, hey, this your coolers are awesome, guys. Have you ever thought about putting someone else's logo on the coolers? And it kind of hit us. It was like, well, we use a unique process to create the coolers, dye sublimation. So we can put your logo. We can actually put your entire color palette and color scheme on our product. So yeah, do you guys want an order? And they cut us a like opening PO is like fifteen or $16,000. And we started doing that with other businesses, mostly local. Like we worked with some law firms here, like Tramiel Mills, um, Hook Fishing, Southern Tide, a lot of like local brands and companies were like, hey, we'll give you guys a chance. We'll order a couple hundred coolers. Like, it's not, you know, no big deal to us. And that boosted our sales to 100000 for when we actually had the opportunity to fly out to L.A. and film, which was right at the number where I was like, this is our, this is our base. We have to be on the show with at least like six figures or else they're going to think we're, we're nothing. Um, we get out there, and it was, it was really cool. It's like in a warehouse. They are filming with hundreds of cameras. Like, this is a serious setup you guys have in here, but we're talking like moving cameras and one of the crazy things that not a lot of people talk about or know about when they go on Shark Tank is the first 
couple minutes, you actually walk up and you're standing there and there's a line on the ground that you're supposed to like look down at. You stand there and pause. And for 45 seconds, you're just supposed to smile at the sharks and they're just doing B-roll so that they can use that later on. And it's very awkward because I'm like staring Mark and Kevin in the eyes, just kind of like cheesing like this. It's before you even pitch. You're just kind of like, they're getting the angles and the colors and everything, right? And then you pitch. Fortunately, we didn't choke. We might have practiced like a hundred times, but we ended up having a successful, you know, showing out there. We shook hands and did a deal with Mark Cuban, $100,000 for 20%. We were asking for 100000 for 10%. That was about what we were like comfortable giving away. And um, now the episode itself is like one of the most successful episodes. We get about a rerun every single month. Uh, it's not just because of us, the other entrepreneurs from our episode did very well and were very funny. And so it enhances the episode as a whole. And that is the moment when the company shifted from we're a class project to, hey, this is getting serious. This could be something. That's when I, I left Beatbox. I quit. Ryan quit. He was in real estate. We got a warehouse in Anderson. It was very, very rough living. I mean, we were like no heat, no AC, massive warehouse that could have, the roof could have fallen us at any point. There was a guy next to us who would take his smoke break and all the smoke would come directly into our little office, which was about the size of this room. We had three or four guys working in there, but kind of built the character of the, of the company in the early days. One one thing I just heard you you know talk about with the Anheuser Busch deal. How important is social media these days? Um, and and kind of I guess what avenues are you guys using? And I mean I guess do you see that you know pushing the brand to a whole new level? One hundred percent. The most important thing for us, like we stepped into the cooler category. It's like one of the most crowded. There's thousands of cooler brands out there. So we have to differentiate ourselves, and we we lean towards social media to do so. Like the brand name is the most important thing that we can invest in. Like Selling a couple hundred coolers, thousands coolers is great, but building the name Kanga Coolers so that someone actually wants to wear a hat with Kanga Coolers, that's our like long-term vision. And to get there, it's going to require social media. So we need to find that balance. And we have, we're on every platform, right? We're on TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a different voice because there's a different audience for each of those platforms, right? Like what I post on TikTok, I probably don't want to post on LinkedIn, because it might scare some people and vice versa. So it's cool to understand who your customer is, who your audience is, and how you're going to tailor content to speak to them, to get them bought into the brand, to buy into the vision. And uh, yeah, we, we're all in on all platforms and post daily. You know, Yeti's, I'm guessing, one of your biggest competitors. And what, what sets you apart? Yeah, so ours is... We, we don't view Yeti as a direct competitor. One, they're a multi-billion dollar company. We're not quite talking those numbers yet, but we're uh, a company that values convenience over performance. Performance of our coolers is important, but most of our customers aren't going to be drinking beer for two weeks, right? A Yeti cooler is awesome. It will work for days and days on end. It'll hold ice, but it's very heavy. It's very bulky. Our idea is we just want to make your party, your event, your boat day, your beach day, whatever, your, your day on the golf course, just a little simpler by having to avoid the need for ice, by having to avoid any of that heavy weight. And so we value convenience and the ability to be able to just take it wherever you want to go over that long period of time, right? And our coolers work for five to seven hours. And most people that are our customers 
they'll finish their 12 pack in five to seven hours. <laughs> yeah. If not in the first two or three hours. Um, yeah. I was going to say, so like, I'm assuming you, you guys are targeting, you know, younger or at least people that are, you know, going to have fun, we'll say uh, yep. to keep it clean. But, um, you know, somebody like myself, if I'm going on a boat and, and I bring a 12 pack with two or three of my buddies, you know, we're not going to be sipping on a 12 pack for, for seven or eight hours or two days. Exactly it's going right. to be, it's going to be a couple hours and that thing's gone. So, um, I definitely think that's cool because, you know, especially like you said, if you're going to the beach or something with, you know, some of your buddies go throw Frisbee, you're not going to want to lug a huge right. heavy Yeti there to go drink, you know, a couple beers couple, each. Yeah. There's no point. Evening cruise, right? We're not the cooler built for like the 10-hour boat day, but that two-hour sunset cruise in the evening, it's perfect for. If you're going to play nine, you know, nine holes of golf, like you, it's a good, convenient solution. And so that's how we try to differentiate ourselves from a product standpoint, from a brand standpoint. A lot of the cooler companies that are out there are very serious. They're very rugged. They're very aspirational, like uh, Yeti and Arctic and Orca and these big, they're bulky, they're tough, they're for hunting, they're for fishing. We're taking a different approach. We want to be the fun, the friendly, the outgoing, the approachable cooler company that people can just feel like they're a part of a community and and not this, well, I spent $500 on that, so look at me type of deal, or this is the biggest thing that you can put your fish in, you know, we just want to be, Hey, you want a 12 pack of Miller light with your boys? Like come and grab that. Like <laughs> yeah. that is just easy and convenient. And it's not always like easy to convey that message on social media, but that's what we're striving towards. And the brand is always evolving and always growing, but we dedicate a lot of resources to that, that part of it. One thing that I've, that I've seen too, in disclosure to all of, all of my friends and family, I am on TikTok, so don't, don't hold that against me, but I, love it. I have seen some of your videos personally on TikTok, you know, kind of blow up. How is that, you know, TikTok's fairly new and a lot of businesses are getting on. Have y'all seen that, you know, help increase sales, increase, increase brand awareness? Both. Yeah. I'll say one thing last November, which is in Q4, it's big for e-commerce companies. We call it the e-commerce Super Bowl is Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, but Two weeks before that, I had a TikTok on my personal page, which we were testing new things, right? We have a Kanga Coolers TikTok page, and then the founders and a couple of our more vocal employees have personal accounts. I wanted to test, like, how a video would resonate with an audience if it was an Austin Maxwell's name versus, like, a brand's name. I posted one just talking about our products, the story, and it got 1.3 million views on it, a couple hundred thousand likes. We did more sales in the day that that video exploded than we did when our Shark Tank episode aired. Wow. Then that can show the power, and that was free. It was totally organic. It was totally free. All I did was just talk and educate, and something about that video resonated with people. So we've doubled down on that, and I had one a couple weeks ago do the same thing. You never know when it's going to happen. You just have to put volume. of. You have to be present on social media. If you're not, nothing's ever going to go viral. Nothing's ever going to take off. But if you're consistent and if you're posting on a regular schedule and you understand the audience and how they react, you can do very well on, on TikTok. And so our company account and, and personal pages, even one of our new guys, Billy, he had one pop off, and it was like, we love you for that. Like, great job. Like, he's willing to put his name, kind of connect it with the brand. And uh, it's fun to see stuff go viral. I mean, you get a lot of comments <laughs> that are just hilarious to read and people will rag on you. But for the most part, it's like, this is awesome. Proud of you guys. Like, you inspired me to go, you know, pursue my dreams. And that's the coolest thing for me is to hear that kind of stuff. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. One one other thing, too, on on the whole TikTok thing is, you know, you have these like TikTok influencers and they're kind of blowing up. Do you 
do y'all have any like partnerships, not only with them, but I know you said Anheuser-Busch. I know mm-hmm. you have some other partnerships too. Can you speak on that and, you know, how that's kind of uh, evolved? Definitely. The the brand partnerships is one of the coolest part of our business because there's a lot of companies with millions of followers that we work with that when they post us, it automatically boosts Kanga and it makes, it makes Kanga look better, right? That we're associated with. We do stuff with like Friday beers, Hook Fishing, Southern Tide, some like local, very cool lifestyle brands that we want to be partnered with. Um, that's a super helpful component. We've done some paid influencer marketing before. It can work. It's tough to quantify the ROI. If we're going to pay $5,000 for an influencer to post two times, you can get trackable links. But there's a lot of times when you don't know if someone on our site bought because they saw that video or because they saw an ad that we were running on Facebook. What we have found that has worked is creating a community of brand ambassadors. So we have about 250 right now. At one point, we had 1,500 because we had a TikTok go viral. We had 4,000 applicants. We accepted 1,500 of them. We realized most of these kids were just probably like high on the moment and not really like wanting to do stuff for the brand and really be a part of it. So we ended up trimming the fat. Now we have about 250 like really quality students and young adults across the country who represent Kanga Coolers in their city at their campus. And they're just supposed to talk positively about the brand. We send them a couple free coolers. We ask for content in return. And that kind of word of mouth marketing for us has been more impactful than really anything that we can do on the paid side because word of mouth marketing is still the most powerful thing. And so when they're out there, if one of our girls, Haley, is in Chicago with her friends at a you know pregame before they're going out to the bars and they're having uh, 10 people over and they see Haley, she's using the product, she's talking about, she loves it. We may have just gained three or four more customers from that moment, all organic all word of mouth. So that program has been been awesome for us. Yeah. Sw- switching gears a little bit. How, how's business these days? I know you guys have been around for a little bit now. Um, can you give us a, a little heads up on, you know, how's it going? Yeah. You guys moved to Greenville, got a place here, doing a lot of sales. I guess, what are those numbers looking like, rough figures? Yeah, the move from Anderson to Greenville was amazing because, one, we had a working bathroom. We had heat <laughs> in the winter. No, no smokers besides you. No smokers. Yeah. Heat in the, heat in the uh, winter and, and AC in the summer. We had a uh, half pipe built in the warehouse in Anderson, and that was the only like silver lining of that place. As people would go in, they'd skate, we'd shoot content in there, and it was like that moment of, okay, we could maybe survive this place because we have a half pipe. Um, we couldn't bring the half pipe to the new one in Greenville. <laughs> we didn't have the space for it. We moved to the Maravan Center. We had maybe 1,500 square feet of warehouse and 1,000 of office. We outgrew the warehouse in about six, seven months. And so we moved to 3,500 square foot, a warehouse. We just outgrew that. So we had to get a satellite, some satellite 40-foot containers and just put them in the parking lot. So Q4 last year, wow. our landlord was not happy because he's driving <laughs> by. He's like, why am I looking at like literally containers sitting out here? And, uh, and now we're looking to expand about 10,000 square feet of warehouse and really outfit it for, for the growth. We've always been like moving into places that we're kind of at that growth period now and not thinking like, well, we're going to, if we're growing at this rate, we're going to outgrow it. Like we need to start thinking bigger. We need to buy into a place that feels huge when you walk into it. And we're not there yet because then you can grow into that space. And it's important for us like mentally to think of that, but yeah, five-year anniversary. So first couple of years were Kickstarter, you know, $40,000 here. And then 2019 after Shark Tank, we crossed the seven figure mark. And that was like a big milestone for us in, in a year. Um, and 20. 20, we are approaching the, the eight-figure mark, and that's going to be a big milestone for us. We, we've been there 
lifetime sales, eight figure, but we uh, were approaching that in 2020, hopefully hit that here in 2022. So I'm one year off 2021. And uh, it's, it's exciting to kind of see like it all come together. It's, it's weird as you're bringing in more employees and that it's my, my job is adjusting. I used to be the sales guy. I used to be the ones talking to Anheuser-Busch. I used to be the ones talking to Southern Tide um, on the B2B side, but now I have to be HR. I have <laughs> yeah. to hire people and onboard people and look for warehouses and stuff like that. And a buddy told me a cool quote a while ago that I thought really, really stuck out to me. In the beginning of starting a business, your first couple of years of a small business, like the biggest challenges are sales and marketing. Like, how are we going to sell this thing? How are we going to market this thing? Years five, six, you know, and on. And trust me, sales and marketing are still always a challenge, but we've figured out ways to hit get to a certain point. And, and we know we can get to a certain point every day. We have a run rate on our website. We have a run rate with, with our retailers. We got programs with Ace Hardware. But your, your newer years, the challenges shift and it becomes real estate, operations, finance, access to capital. It becomes HR. How are we going to manage these people? How am, I'm hiring people who are five, 10 years older than me. Is that weird? You know, how can I manage that professionalism? And, and so it's cool to see that shift of, the challenges in small businesses, what that, what it was, isn't always what it's going to be. So, yeah. I'll switch gears a little bit because oh, we're probably running out of time. Um, what uh, what makes you tick? Our signature question we ask I like everyone. <laughs> For me, like, t- I I would view that as like what makes me what what motivates me, what gets me like really excited. It it, it is the the comments on TikTok when someone says. Austin, like what your message sat so well with me that I actually want to pursue that business that I've been sitting on for a year. Or when we get invited pre, pre-COVID to a second grade class to talk to them about entrepreneurship and they're all screaming and they're so excited to see us. And I don't even know how to spell the word entrepreneurship. And they're, they're using it as part of their <laughs> curriculum in second grade. And they're like, you know, they're writing thank you notes. Like that, those kind of moments where people are like inspired by, we're just regular guys, like the guys who started this, there's really nothing like crazy, different, special. No one was born a different way. The only difference between us and other people is that we decided to, to, to go for it and take a risk knowing that, hey, I mean, we've had many months where like we've not done payroll for the founders and we've just done for the, you know, we've had dark and very lonely and very sad months and we've had the highest of highs. Last week, we got to take our entire team to Cancun for three days on completely Amex credit card points as a team retreat and a team bonding event. Those you're riding the high highs and you have customers who are saying, I'm selling so, you know, retailers, I'm selling so many of your coolers. You guys are like really helping me with like increasing my profits for this quarter. And so it's moments like that. It's the, it's the feedback that's positive. And that, that's what, that's what really gets me excited every day. Yeah. It's a good question. That's what awesome. makes y'all tick? So I, I would kind of say the same thing. It's a little bit different of a business, but um, just helping people, seeing people um, obviously work in, in the finance space, but um, you know, really just helping somebody and, and then coming back, you know, months later and say, Hey, you know, that, that financial plan that you did, it really, it really let me sleep better yep. at night. It really, you know, kind of helped me see my future and think ahead. So I would kind of say it's this, it's the same thing. Um, you know, just kind of in a little bit of a different space. That's awesome. Yeah. I would agree with Cameron, just being able to see folks, um, see the reaction when you, when you, when they sit down and say, Hey, I, I want to retire and actually walk them through that process, mm-hmm. that next stage of life and just, being part of that moment with them. Um, also my family, my yep. two kids, right? I mean, my two little girls, you know, that that really drives me and 
keeps me motivated. Yeah. You yeah. gotta have that that bigger non yeah. non work. It's 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 the family and the the safety and the security Absolutely. and the, the yeah. motivation. Yeah, what's your what you're working for when you go home and I well I guess tell our audience if they wanna buy cooler, if they wanna learn more about you guys. Uh, what's the best way to contact them to to get in touch with them and uh, to kind of see your product more? Definitely Kanga Coolers. You can Google us. Hopefully, our Google Ads guy has got us at the top of the rank. <laughs> so if if he doesn't, please send me a screenshot of that. If you Google Kanga and it doesn't come up, uh, our website is kangacoolers.com. We're on all social media platforms, Kanga Coolers, and would love for people to check us out. We appreciate any order, any support, even if you just share this podcast with someone. It's it's greatly appreciated. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, th- thanks so much for coming on, Austin. This has been awesome and can't wait to see. I mean, the, f- the first five years have been really incredible and uh, excited to have you in Greenville and looking to see uh, maybe a 20,000 uh, square foot warehouse the next time we speak. That so, would be yeah. the goal. One of our like overarching visions is the way Yeti is in Austin, Texas, Kanga wants to be in Greenville, South Carolina. That's awesome. Like, we want to plant our roots here. We want everyone, we want to be a household name in Greenville before anything else. So awesome. great city. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. When, uh, thank you guys for checking out this episode of uh, Connected by Community. Please like us, share us. Uh, we're on all the podcast um, places, uh, Apple, Spotify. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Check us out there. Um, check us out on Facebook. And until uh, we see you again, go out and make our community great. All information during this podcast is for discussion purposes only, should not be construed as advice. Please seek the advice of appropriate professionals before acting on anything in this podcast. Past performance is not an indicator of future results. Securities through Tried Advisors, LLC, member FINRA. Advisor services through Ballantine Capital Advisors, Inc., Tried Advisors, and Ballantine Capital Advisors are not affiliated.